You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast, along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Rob, good morning. Hey, Gary. Good morning. How you doing today? <sighs> Brother, I tell you, it is a, it's a struggle, man. It's a daily struggle. You know, I'm, like many people, you know, it's the inflation, it's the economy, uh, people are edgy. Seem, people seem edgy now. Are they more angry right now than ever? I, it seems like everybody's got like a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like the older generation is angry. Mm-hmm. The younger generation feels entitled and that they're not getting what they wow. thought they should get. Um, I don't agree with the mentality at all, no. but I do see that. Especially, I would say the younger the person is, the more entitled I'm finding. Sadly, I think, well, the millennials, I think, is what you're referring yes. to. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know why they feel so entitled. We all have to work for what we what we have, you know. And, and when you're young, you should be you know, looking to climb the corporate right. ladder and start building a portfolio. Well, I agree. I think, at least from my standpoint, one of the reasons why there's been so much entitlement uh, with millennials is because looking at the economies that they grew up in, uh, there's been entitlement everywhere. Like yeah. if you think back, you've got child support, you've got this, you've got stimulus coming all the time in different ways. You've got student loans from the government and government backed mortgages and all this stu- down payment assistance and all this stuff where the government's helping, the government's helping. Whereas when your parents and my parents grew up, I don't believe they were giving out stimulus checks every year. <laughs> I don't believe that the government was subsidizing people's mortgages and down We've payments and softer as a society. Here absolutely. In the US. And I think people see that they hear about it. They have stories from friends, family, and they go, hey, I want that, too. And uh, one example that I think of is back when Obama was in office and he like gave free cell phones to everyone I heard. So it was like, if you couldn't afford a cell phone, you're going to get one for free. And everybody came out and they wanted these cool new phones and everything. That's the entitlement mentality right there. You don't need a cell phone to live. You don't need, I mean, technically you don't need a boat to live or any of these like (laughs) bells and whistles, right? You don't need a car to live, but- There's been so much. There's been so, so much of that over the last couple, really the last 10 years especially, that I think many people think it's the norm now, Mm -hmm. and they want a piece of that. They say, hey, if I'm going to pay taxes, and I'm going to live here, and I'm going to work, then I want that free government money. And I think it's wrong, because I haven't gotten it. I'm right there with you. So many people, though, are living in mom and dad's basement at 25 years old. They've graduated from college, and they're still not working in a full-time job. I guess it's just... Their safe space, you know, it's where they feel safe at home. There's no responsibilities and so on and so forth. They feel unprepared. Well, that's only going to affect them when they go for a mortgage later on in life. If they've got, you know, uh, not a stable career going, a full time job, and and any uh, any. We talk about a credit a credit score all the time, but if they're if they're starting out late in life, 
I would imagine they're just going to end up getting denied for a forum. There's a lot of ways around that. I've actually found I have a few clients right now that are buying homes that are coming from living with family or the parents' basement or whatnot. They have stable careers. They have money saved. They have good credit. They have all the stuff you're talking about. That's because they were prepared ahead, though. They did that knowing, hey, I want to buy a house in a year or two. I want to make sure my credit is right. I want to make sure that I have the money in check for down payment. So there are people like that, and I agree. The ones that don't have credit, no stable career, and no money saved, they're going to have an uphill battle. But the ones that do begin with the end in mind and have the strategy, and people like the listeners of this show that know what they're getting into and are prepared, whether you're living at your grandma's house or in an apartment or wherever you're coming from, there are opportunities. And that's actually what I wanted to focus in on in today's episode. Now, this is the right episode to be listening to if you're somebody that's either afraid of applying for a mortgage because you don't know if you're going to get denied or not, or maybe you're someone that's gotten denied for a mortgage recently. You applied thinking, hey, I want to buy a house. And you went in with a smile on your face and documents in hand, and you found out that you were denied for that mortgage. And there's a lot of different things that can be done. There's a lot of ways around it. There's a lot of things that you can learn from Mm. when it comes to getting denied for a mortgage. It doesn't have to be a bad experience or a negative experience. That's what I wanted to dive into today is getting denied for a mortgage. How would somebody even know that they've been denied? So there's really two different ways you'll find out that you were denied for a mortgage. I'd say the first one, and probably the most common, is you're going to get a phone call or an email from the loan officer that you applied with. And they're going to tell you in so many words that they could not approve or pre-approve your mortgage. You want to find out why, and we'll go into more detail on that, but usually it's your first... Uh, your first indication that you were denied for a mortgage is going to come from that loan officer. Typically, it'll be within a couple of days of you applying. Um, Clients that come to me that are not immediately approved, they find out within 24 hours or less. We don't want to let that sit around. We want to get them Hmm. on a path to success. We want to get them on a path to buying a home. The sooner we can put that strategy, that game plan in play, the sooner you're going to buy a home. But the second thing or the second place that you may find out that you were denied for a mortgage, and this one can hit people hard, is if you get a denial notice in the mail. So mortgage is an industry that is very heavily regulated and has to be done with a lot of uh, compliance pieces in place. One of the big pieces of the compliance part is the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, the Fair Housing Act, and different um, laws like that. So there is a law called the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, and it requires that mortgage lenders notify you within a certain period of time of your mortgage being denied. I believe it's 30 days. They have to tell you within that timeline that your mortgage was denied and why it was denied. So what you'll find is that you'll get something in the mail and it'll say state Statement of credit denial, termination, or change. That's what the form says on it. And it'll state there that your name, the loan that you applied for, it'll have a bunch of different boxes, and a couple of those boxes will be checked off. The check marks are in the boxes for the reason that you were denied for the loan. Now, that can hit people hard because they are like, well, you sent me this in the mail, and I didn't even hear from anyone. Nobody even talked to me. It's like, I'm just a number. You denied me, and that was it. I'm on my merry way. Throw me to the wolves. So I don't agree with doing business that way, but I've had many clients that have told me they apply for a mortgage and they thought everything was fine until they get this letter in the mail a couple weeks later and find out they were denied. But you're not explaining why. Why? why? What are some of the reasons? What are some of the main reasons why somebody would even get denied for a mortgage? I would say the number one reason is their credit score is too low. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is probably the 
main reason why people right off the bat get denied for a loan. For most loan programs nowadays, you really need to have a 620 minimum score. A year or two ago, a couple years back, yes, you could get a loan with even a 580, and I know some mortgage brokers were doing loans with even lower credit scores, but generally speaking, you know, 620 is really, really where you want to be for the majority of the loan programs. Some require higher scores than that, but that's really the bare bones minimum to get in the door. So with that being said, if you're applying at, say, a bank and their minimum is 640 and then they pull your credit and you come in at a 618, well, that loan's denied right away. Unfortunately, most of the time, they're not even going to go through the credit with you in, in much detail. They're just going to tell you, hey... We couldn't do your loan. Your credit came in at this. Our minimum score is this. And I'm sorry, we can't help you. Feel free to come back down the line if your credit improves and we'll be happy to look at it again. So that's the number one reason right off the bat. Something that is very common that sometimes takes a little more time to understand for a lender is the debt to income ratio. So that's the amount of money that you make versus the amount of money that you're trying to borrow versus how much you owe on all your debt, okay? So like credit cards, student loans, auto loans, anything that's on your credit report will be counted against that. So a lot of self-employed people have challenges with this because they write off a lot of expenses. Uh, there's many people that have, you know, brothers, sister, others giving them money to help pay, that can't be counted in most cases towards your income. We're going to be looking at your tax returns if you're self-employed. We're going to be looking at your pay stubs, your W-2s, that sort of thing if you are a W-2 employee. So we might get in to the weeds on the, on the file and start analyzing your documents and realize that you're applying for a mortgage for 300,000, but you don't make enough to support that. You have too much other debt mm. and you might be lucky to get a mortgage for half of that or whatever the case may be. But again, unfortunately, in many cases, you're just told, I'm sorry, you don't qualify for the loan that you want yeah. and you need to make more money. So go pay down your debt and come back to us when you're ready. The next reason is going to be insufficient funds for closing. I've had people come to me that have good credit and good income. All the ducks are in a row, but then they have no money for closing. So they have no money for a down payment or maybe they have a little for a down payment, but no money for closing costs. So insufficient funds for closing is a big reason why. You can't buy a house regardless of what the media wants you to think and the news and all these, uh, you know, different outlets want you to think. You do need money to buy a home right now today. Five years ago, maybe you didn't need as much. A couple years back, maybe you could get the seller to pay your closing costs. In this market, in this economy, in this real estate situation we're in right now, you need to be able to put up the money for closing and you need to have enough for down payment. And depending on your situation, you might even need reserves to show you've got after closing. So insufficient funds is a big thing. The next one's going to be a recent credit event. So a recent credit event would be like a short sale, a foreclosure, a repossession, something like like that that happened that's on your credit and it's usually going to be if it happened recently so maybe you had a foreclosure like a year ago or maybe you had a short sale a year and a half or two years ago there's specific guidelines on this for every loan program 
But for example, if your loan officer put you in a loan or tried to get you a loan that's conventional and you had a short sale a year ago, well, that loan's going to get denied. It doesn't meet the criteria. So it's really important to be working with that professional that knows the guidelines and can fit you in the right slot, so to speak, of what loan's going to work for you. The last one of why a loan gets denied is going to be collateral. So that would mean like the appraisal, something's wrong with the condition of the property. If you're buying a condominium, maybe the condo associate association is in a lawsuit. Maybe they don't have enough money in their budget to support the ongoing operations of the condominium. Those are things that don't have to do with you as the buyer, but they do have to do with the property. So usually if your loan's denied due to collateral, it, you're not going to find that out until halfway to three quarters of the way into the process because we don't get the appraisal and all the condo docs and everything until that point. But you can see there's a lot of different reasons why a loan could be denied. There's got to be some misconceptions as well. There's a lot of misconceptions about getting denied that I hear every single day. I think the biggest one is people think that if I get denied for a loan, everybody's going to know about it. So like it's going to be on your credit and say Gary was denied for his mortgage. That's not the case. It doesn't show anywhere that you were denied. It will show an inquiry that you looked into a mortgage, but it won't show if you didn't get that mortgage or if the loan was denied for any reason. That's private information. Another thing is that it lowers your credit score. So people think, well, if I apply for a mortgage and it doesn't go through, my score is going to go down. And that's incorrect. In most cases, a hard inquiry on your credit would only drop your score one to five points. Okay, it's not a huge downfall on your credit score. So that's something that you really got to understand. If your loan is denied, that makes no difference to your credit score at all. It doesn't care if your loan was approved or denied. The inquiry is what impacts the credit, not the actual mortgage process. The next thing is that public records are involved with denials for a mortgage. So when you get denied for a loan, it is private. It's between you, the bank, and that's it. Nobody's going to find out like your neighbor that you applied for a mortgage and that it didn't go through. Your coworkers aren't going to find out that you have too much debt so you weren't able to buy a house. Again, it's not public information. Nobody's going to find out. So you have nothing to worry about there. Uh, another big myth is that you have to wait a certain amount of time after you get denied to reapply. I've had people that got denied from their local bank literally come to me the week after, apply with me, and get the loan approved. It happens all the time because lenders have different guidelines, and we all know different parts of uh, you know the loan products and where you need to be. So there is no timeline that you need to wait to be uh, to reapply. The last one's going to be that people think all of the mortgage companies are all the same. So they think that the credit union is going to have the same guidelines as the local bank and the local bank's going to have the same guidelines as the mortgage broker that's down the street from my house. And they're going to have the same guidelines as a mortgage banker that has a you know office in downtown Hartford, right? That's absolutely incorrect. Every single bank has different, what we call in the industry, overlays. So a bank like mine, we're a mortgage bank. We sell loans directly to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. What that means to you is we don't have overlays. Overlays are additional guidelines saying, oh, well, you have to have this credit score or you have to have this much more money in the bank or we'll only do a loan up to this debt ratio. So you might have those restrictions with a bank or credit union and then you go to an independent mortgage banker like myself or a mortgage broker and all of a sudden your loan gets approved with flying colors <laughs> with no issue wow. because we know where to go. We know how to place your loan. We know the guidelines better. And again, in certain cases, we sell direct 
correct so we don't have those extra overlays. Look, Rob, nobody wants to ever get denied a mortgage. What are some things that somebody can do to strengthen their chances to obtain a mortgage? Right. So most people don't just wake up one day and go, all right, well, I'm going to apply for a mortgage today. It's typically going to be a long process of, uh, you know, just thinking and analyzing and figuring uh, what is your future? What's your why? Why do you want to buy a house or why do you want to refinance your home? So if you're thinking you may want to refinance or buy a home in the next couple of months or even year, what I would say is the main things you could be doing is pay down your credit card debt. Mm. huge. Pay down those balances as low as you can. If you can get them below 10% of the limit, I know it's a stretch, but that's going to maximize your score. The limits that I teach, you may have heard on my other episodes about credit, are 50% of the limit, 30% of the limit, and 10% of the limit. The lower you can get that balance down versus the limit on that credit card, the better credit score you're going to have. The reason why you want to do that at least a few months before applying for a mortgage is because credit doesn't report right away. You might pay off a credit card today. It won't report to the credit bureaus for two, three, four weeks. Ooh. So by actually figuring out that you paid your credit card down and that you want to apply for a mortgage in a month or two, by the time that lender goes and runs your personal credit scores with all three bureaus, it will have already updated and your credit score will have increased based on that. So that's the number one thing you want to do. Hmm. Next thing is just, as we always talk about, get with a lender way ahead of time to address any potential issues, to address any hurdles that you've had and get a game plan together. So if you have been denied before, why were you denied? Let's put a game plan around that. If you've never applied for a mortgage before, excuse me, before, let's figure out why or if you're ready right now to get a mortgage or if there's some work that needs to be done before you're home ready, so to speak. So we can put that game plan uh, uh, you know, aside for you and get you in tune and figure out a timeline of how long it's going to take. You also want to get your funds ready. So if you're getting money from somewhere else or you have, you know, a settlement coming or this or that, like get all those funds ready to go. So when you talk to your lender, you've got the money, you know where all the money's coming from to pay for your down payment, to pay for your closing costs, et cetera. So have the money ready. Have your documents in order, your pay stubs, W-2s, bank statements, tax returns, divorce decrees, etc. Have all that ready to go so when your lender asks you for those documents, you can get them to us in 24 hours or less. That's going to keep the process moving. That's also going to allow us to give you the answers that you want when it comes to buying a home and getting pre-approved so you know what the deal is as soon as possible. We don't want to keep you in limbo for weeks wondering what's going on with the loan. The sooner we can tell you if you're pre-approved or not, the sooner you can move on to that next step in the process. And the last thing is you want to put it all out on the table. Don't hold back. Information about your past, like child support you owed, a previous foreclosure, bankruptcy, short sale, put that all out on the table. We're going to find out. I'm telling you now, we're going to find out. So if you don't tell us, we will come to you later and it could cause a big issue. You're better off just being honest. Believe me, we've seen it all. It's not a big deal. But you got to come to us up front and say, hey, I had a short sale two years ago. I had a foreclosure four years ago. Let us know so we can put you in the right loan product from the beginning. And we don't have to be scrambling last minute. Everyone's stressing out. And we're getting all these documents from you right before closing. Forget all that. You tell us up front. We can give you that checklist, give you that game plan, and make sure that the process is smooth and easy. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show in the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. You can reach 
uh, Rob Weinberg at 860-413-3938 and online at uh, robgw.com. Rob, just out of curiosity, how many lenders should I actually speak with before just choosing to give it all up? Very, very common question that I get. And I would say that you really want to talk to at least three lenders before completely throwing in the towel and giving up. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily apply with three lenders or have three lenders pull your credit, but at least have a conversation with three different lenders. You only want to actually apply with those who have a good likelihood of helping you to close on that mortgage. So the situation really looked like this. You apply with one lender and they deny you. You find out why you got denied for that loan. Then you go and you contact another lender and let them know, hey, I was just denied for a mortgage from XYZ Credit Union or you know, BF Bank. Whatever it is, you wanna let them know why you were denied so then they can tell you if they can help you based on that. They might tell you up front, nope, we can't do it, in which case you're not gonna apply with them, you're gonna move on. But in talking to several lenders, you might find one that has a private money source or doesn't have an overlay that another one has. Or maybe certain lenders offer government-backed mortgages that other don't offer. That happens all the time. A lot of those government-backed mortgages have more flexible guidelines. It makes it much easier for you to qualify but once you talk to three lenders or so, you should get an idea of where you're at and if it makes sense to apply with any of them or if your situation is so bad, it's not worth okay, it. Okay, somebody gets denied. How long should they wait to reapply? When Should they go back to that original bank that denied them in the first place or should they just try a whole new bank okay. or lending office okay. off together? So after getting denied, how long you should wait to reapply depends on why you were denied for the loan. If it's something that's just ge a general clerical error, normally it's not that. But like if there's an error on your credit that you're going to get fixed, then you might be able to reapply in as little as 30 to 60 days. Okay. Most situations, though, when it comes to getting money available for closing or paying down debt, those sort of things, it can take several months to really tackle that issue and get into a better position. Because like we said, you do something with your credit, doesn't affect it right away. It can take a month or two to affect that. So if it's an issue like that, at least a couple of months. As far as if you should should go back to the original lender you applied with, it depends how they treated you. Did you like their customer service experience when you were denied for the loan? If they treated you fairly, gave you good information, and you feel confident working with them, then there's no issue. Go with it. Mm. But if you got a little uneasy or you weren't certain about what, you know, really what was going on when it came to your loan getting denied, you want to seek out other lenders with better reputations, with a better experience. You might want to use that downtime that you have to go research online, you know, look on Google, Facebook, find the top lenders in your area, read the reviews. If you read my reviews online, I have hundreds now of five-star reviews. You'll see a lot of people will say they were denied from another bank before they came to me, or they had an experience with another bank that wasn't good, and then they found me, and now their situation is a lot better. So, use that time that you've got to vet out other lenders. Now, if you had a good experience with the first one, you really want to put a timeline together with your loan officer, depending on what the reason was why you were not approved for the loan. So for example, I had a client come to me like a year ago and they had a short sale and that short sale would be seasoned, meaning it would be off their credit for enough time within a couple of months. So I looked at that on their credit mm -hmm. and I said, hey, it's June 1st, apply with me on July 1st 
and that short sale will be seasoned. Now we don't have to count that against you. Now you can get this better loan. In this case, it was they were going to get an FHA loan and the other mortgage advisor told them to take an FHA loan. I looked at it and said, if you just wait a month, we can get you a conventional loan, lower interest, better terms, no PMI. It was just a better loan altogether. And because I gave them that advice and the other lender didn't, when it came time for them to complete that transaction, they came to me because I gave them that advice. Getting denied, though, it, it does. It can be demoralizing. I mean, you just like, oh, man, I was looking. I right. wasn't expecting that. How do you turn that negative into a positive? Right. It's true. I think that learning from any sort of hurdle or speed bump that comes up in life is huge. And it's what really separates people that are successful in life with those who are not. It's the abundance mentality versus the poverty mentality. So what you really want to do is step back and use the opportunity of getting denied. Look at it as an opportunity to learn more about the mortgage process. Find out, understand more. Why was the loan denied? What are the different pieces of the puzzle? Many people will find that they didn't even know that certain things went into getting a mortgage approved that do until they really get down to the nitty gritty and you talk to a professional, someone with industry experience that can really break that down for you. So that's one thing. The other thing is learning from your mistakes. Maybe you got excited to buy a home. You went and just applied with the first lender that you found or the first lender that your friend told you that they knew. Mm. It might have been a mistake. Maybe you didn't mesh well with that person. Maybe they don't have a great reputation and you just took someone on their word. You're not really getting along. You're not really vibing with them. Okay. If that's the case, use the opportunity to step back and learn from that mistake and find a lender that's got the reputation, that's got the experience, that can really guide you to where you want to go, not just in the short term, but in the long term. Because, of course, most people keep their homes for many, many years. This isn't just buying a pack of gum at the grocery store, right? So learn from those mistakes. Another thing is help yourself to cultivate a relationship with a real estate professional and a mortgage advisor during this time of being denied. So use that opportunity again to find out who's gonna be on your wealth team when it does come time to buy a home. Not only the mortgage side, but the real estate side. Who are the top agents in your area that are helping buyers get their offers accepted in this crazy market? You can find out online now. We have so many resources that you know at our disposal. Talk to friends, family. Talk to professionals that you know in the industry. Find out who's the name that you keep seeing over and over. Who's the name that you keep hearing that they're the best? And who's the one when you look them up online, it's five stars with flying colors? That's who you want in your corner. Because when there's that much credibility, it's very rare that they won't live up to that expectation. So cultivate that relationship. The last thing is that when you get denied for a mortgage, you want to use that to get you closer to your path, get you further along to your goal. So again, we need to step back and look at what's your why. What are you looking to do here when it comes to buying a home? Are you looking to just buy a home to live in? Or are you looking to build out a real estate portfolio over the next five or 10 years? Are you just looking to refinance your home and get some money to pay some bills off? Or are you looking to take that money and invest it somewhere that's gonna build your net worth and turn into seven figures eventually? Like really when we step back and look at that, us as industry professionals can help you so much more down your path when we know what you're trying to do and why you're trying to do it. So open up to your lender. Explain all this to them. Even if they're not asking, and they should be, really step back and figure that stuff out. You're all, I, I mean, I really have the answer to that question because you're all over the internet. I mean, you, you're you one of the, you are, if not the top 
uh, mortgage lenders in yep. Connecticut when you do a Google search. How can people find you on the internet? Yep, best place to find me is on YouTube, youtube.com slash Robert Weinberg Mortgage. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Weinberg Mortgage. And Weinberg is W-E-I-N like Nancy, B-E-R-G. Folks, uh, you can find out more information online at www.robgw.com. Again, it's robgw.com. If you've got a question, maybe we can answer it right here on these uh, very airwaves. Hey, who knows? As soon as... Perhaps even next week, it's uh, you can email us at mortgage matters radio show at gmail.com. Again, it's mortgage matters radio show at gmail.com. And if you'd like to schedule a consultation, and hey, who wouldn't? Uh, with Rob Weinberg, the man, simply head over to your telephone and dial this number 860 413 3938. Again, 860 413 3938. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. Until next week, have a good one, everybody. So long. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.